This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Acts 2.12 says this, And they were all amazed. It's talking about when Pentecost happened. What transpired on Pentecost. It says they were all amazed. And they were in doubt. Saying one to another, What meaneth this? What meaneth this? What, what's, what's this all about? Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. I thank you for these beautiful people. It's my privilege to be their pastor. God, I'm not a gift to the ministry. <laughs> the ministry is a gift to me. And I'm honored to be able to serve. And I pray today that you would just have your will and have your way. And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Christ's name. Until you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about what could this mean? What could this mean? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But the Holy Spirit was born at Pentecost. Now, let me explain. You hear that word Pentecost. And you form these opinions in your mind. Pentecost. Pentecost and Pentecostal. But I want you to know something. The word Pentecost, the explanation, what does it mean? It's pretty simple. It only means 50th. So I'm Pentecostal. We're your 50th, amen? Pentecost literally means 50th. Now, now let me explain. It's 50 days from Easter to Pentecost Sunday. 50 days. That's why it's Pentecost. It's on the 50th day. Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb. Ladies and gentlemen, but I'm so grateful. On the third day, he arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. Amen? I'm so grateful for that. After he arose, he walked around on this earth for 40 days. You say, you got to be kidding. No, no, no. In the glorified body, Jesus walked around, walked around for 40 days. He literally ate in the glorified body. That's good news, amen? That tells me when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to eat. But anyway, he ate in the glorified body. He interacted literally for 40 days. And then he said to his disciples, he said, I want you to know something. I'm going to ascend to heaven. But he said, I want you to do something. I want you to go to Jerusalem and just wait. Just tarry at Jerusalem. Because he said, the time will come that you will experience what the prophet Joel prophesied about. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Just go there and just wait. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what the 120 did. They went to the upper room and they literally 
just waited. And 10 days after Jesus left, on the 50th day, on Pentecost, something happened according to Acts 2.2. Look what it says. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Let me just make this injection, folks. You know what the average church needs in America? We need a suddenly experience. We need a suddenly experience. See, I'm convinced most churches have everything planned out of how it's going to be. We've crossed every T, we've dotted every I, but there's no place for a suddenly experience. And I want to report to you when we come to God's house, there ought to be a place for a suddenly experience. They ought to be a place where if God wants to just invade with his presence and move in a tremendous way, we're receptive to that. The Bible says, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. You said, Pastor, what happened? Here's what I believe what happened. Jesus ascended to heaven, remember? I believe Jesus ascended to heaven and did this. You say, you believe that? No, no, I truly believe that. I believe Jesus ascended to heaven and simply went, because see, the Holy Spirit is his breath. I believe he ascended to heaven, he blew, and the Bible says there was a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. I want you to see something. The wind, you can't see but you can feel the effects of the wind. The Holy Spirit you can't see, <laughs> but oh, I'm so grateful you can feel the effects, amen? I'm so grateful you can feel the tug. Now the Bible says in verse three, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues. There appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as fire, and it sat on each of them. That, the reason why it says it sat on each of them, it's telling us that the Holy Spirit came to dwell. He came to dwell. Now look what verse four says. Verse four says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to understand something. They were here from 15 different locations. They were here and they spoke over one dozen languages or dialects. But you've got to understand something. Every person here from a bunch of Galileans in northern Israel heard the gospel in their own language. You say, well, Brother Benny, I don't believe that. I could care less. The Bible teaches it. They heard the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, in their own language, in tongues, and there's no explanation other than the Holy Spirit of God. Friend, let me tell you something. If our ministry is everything that it ought to be, There'll be no explanation other than the Holy Spirit. No explanation.
And the Bible says, the people said, what does this mean? Here's what I say to us today. What could this mean? What could it mean to you? What could it mean to me? The Bible says in Acts chapter 19, it says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. Some of you have been to Ephesus, Turkey with me. And they're finding certain disciples. And Paul said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. You're asking us, have we received him? We don't even know what you're talking about. Now let me explain something. For much of people's church life, they've heard a lot about God. And they've heard a lot about Jesus, but they've not heard anything about the Holy Spirit. They've heard much about God. They've heard much about Jesus, but they've not heard anything about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. Jesus said these words. He said, it's necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I'll send him unto you. Jesus said, let me tell you something. I'm here beside you. But it's more important that he's here inside you. I'm here beside you, Peter, James, and John. But it's more important than me being here beside you. It's more important that he's here inside you. I want you to understand something. The cross was for pardon, but Pentecost is for power. The cross is for pardon, but Pentecost is for power. And God wants us to have power in our lives, but the only way we have power, ladies and gentlemen, is through the Holy Spirit. See, creation is God behind us. Bethlehem is God with us. Calvary is God for us. But Pentecost is God in us. You got to understand something. At conversion, according to Romans 8 and 9, you have the Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand something. At the filling, the Holy Spirit has you. At conversion, you have the Holy Spirit. But at the filling, the Holy Spirit has you. At conversion, he becomes a resident. But at the filling, he becomes president. And God wants to be more than a resident in your life. God wants to be president in your life. Somebody said God's on the throne. Everybody knows that. 
Everybody knows God's on the throne, but the issue is not, is God on the throne? The issue is God on the throne in your heart. Now get this. Pastor, what could this mean? I'll tell you what it could mean. The Holy Spirit can do the same thing in our lives that he did for the early church. The Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The Holy Spirit could do the same thing in our lives that he did for the early church. I am convinced there are three things that he gave them. Number one, he gave them unity. He gave them unity. If you study Matthew chapter 20, the disciples were confused. They thought Jesus came here to overthrow the Roman Empire and set up his kingdom on earth. And John and James put mom up to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, when you set up your kingdom here on this earth, I want one of my boys on the right hand and I want one of my boys on the left. They no doubt had put mom up to do that. No doubt, I want one of my boys on the right hand, I want one of my boys on the left. But the Bible says in verse 24, it torqued the other 10. They said the nerve of these guys, the nerve of those two guys to even try that. Because see, there was discord. <laughs> there, was, there was disharmony even with the 12 disciples. But I want you to know something. Pentecost happened. And when Pentecost happened, Acts chapter 2, verse 44 says this. And all that believed were together and had all things common. What does that mean? It means they were no longer competitive. They were cooperative. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit brings unity. And if churches are spirit-filled, ladies and gentlemen, there'll be unity in that church. If churches are spirit-filled, because Galatians 5:22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. I want you to know, when the Holy Spirit came, he gave them unity. Because a spirit-filled church, a spirit-filled church is unified. The Bible says they had all things common in Acts 2:44. But a spirit-filled church is not only unified, but it's magnified. Verse 47 says, praising God and having favor with all people. Praising God and having favor with all people. What's that saying? It's saying if it's a spirit-filled church, people will be drawn to it. Somebody said, preacher, it's location, location, location. No, it's Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you something. A spirit-filled church is unified. A spirit-filled church is magnified. But I'll tell you something else. 
A spirit-filled church is multiplied because verse 47 says, the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, what does it mean? It means unity. See, I want you to understand something. God's a God of unity. God's a God of unity. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, be not drunk with wine when is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And then in verse 21, it says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Here's what I want you to see. You say, Pastor Benny, we've got a lot of discord in our family. Do you? Here's what I can tell you. If the husband is spirit-filled and the wife is spirit-filled, you have harmony in the family. Because I want you to know something. God is not about dividing families. God is about unity. God is about bringing people together. God's about kingdom marriages. God's about a man and a wife coming together and accomplishing more together for the kingdom than they ever could separately. What happens? I'll tell you what happens. What meaneth this? He gave them unity. A man said to me the other day, he said, Pastor Benio, he said, do you do uh, social media? I said, no. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, I saw something you posted. If you saw something, I didn't post it. <laughs> he said, uh, I, I'm into social media. He said, you know, you can connect with a lot of people on social media. I said, is that right? He said, a while back, I was, uh, had an old flame and I married, but I had an old flame and we kind of reconnected. I said, is that right? He said, yeah. And he said, we were, I was talking to her and we were setting up a time that we were going to get together. I said, is that right? And he said, we just finished it and two or three minutes passed and my phone rang. And he said, I looked down there and it said, Benny Tate. And he said, I hadn't heard from you for six or eight months, but you said, call my name. And you said, I don't even know why I'm calling you. I just had you on my heart. I don't even know what this call's about, but I just had you, I just felt impressed that I ought to call you. And he said, we talked a few minutes and he said, I hung the phone up and I said to God, I get the message, God. 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 Because God is a God that's about unity, ladies and gentlemen. He's about unity. He's about husbands and wives loving one another. He's about them being committed to one another. He's about them serving one another. He's about them submitting to one another. So I said, Pastor Benny, you don't even know what you're talking about. What would you do if your wife left you? I'd just go with her, amen. That's what I'd do. Look here. He gave them unity. But I want you to see something else. He gave them courage. He gave, hey folks, by the way, 
if there's ever been a time in America that we need some courage. I, I, I told somebody, I said, here's what's going to happen. You listen to me closely. There's going to be a day that COVID's going to be long gone. But if we're not awful careful, the fear will stay with us. And it's not my message, but I want to be very clear. God have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. He's not giving you the spirit of fear. I'm not goofy. I'm not going around licking doorknobs. But I want you to know something. God hath not given me the spirit of fear, and I'm immutable until God is ready for me. Now, the Bible says he gave them courage. A woman and her husband interrupted their vacation. They had to go see the dentist. The woman said, I want a tooth pulled. I don't want Novocaine because I'm in a big hurry, the woman said. Just pull that jammy out as quickly as possible and we're on our way. The dentist said, my goodness, I'm so impressed. You're a courageous woman. Which tooth is it? She looked over at her husband, said, open your mouth and show him. <laughs> One guy said, I took my pocket knife and cut the tail of a vicious lion off. They said, well, why didn't you cut his head off? He said, somebody already had. <laughs> Listen, Jesus is arrested. You've got Peter and that group that said, listen, we'll go with you to the end. Hey, this is all I'm going to say. This is all I'm going to say. This is not the message. They want many go with you to the end. You said, well, Brother Benny, you don't understand. No, no, no. You, you, you hear Preacher Benny. They want many go with you to the end. You always realize you can be a peacock one day and a feather duster the next day. And I've learned when you're a peacock, they'll gather around, but when you're a feather duster, you can't find them. You say, oh, they, uh, yeah, yeah, they idolize. Yeah, but don't know if, be careful. Idolize can lead to criticize. And then it can lead to scandalize. I don't know, boy, who I'm preaching to, but this is so good. Now, wait. Peter and that group, according to John chapter 20, verse 19, I got to move. They were literally hiding out, scared to death. Hiding out, scared to death. Get this. Pentecost happens. And then these guys are out preaching the gospel. And the book of Acts tells us this. Get this, folks. This is, it's hard to believe this is the same guys. I'm almost done. Thank you. Those who wanted me to be in a hurry, they're at the lake or the ocean. But anyway, so anyway. Look. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles, wait, look, here's what they did to them. 
They beat them. You don't understand. They stripped them off. They took a, they flogged them. They scourged them. They took a, a, a leather whip and beat them with 39 stripes. Now, these were the guys that were hiding out. And they said, don't you preach anymore. Don't you, you, you quit that preaching stuff. Hope this teaches you a lesson. Now, look what the next verse says. And they departed from the presence of the council and they started rejoicing <laughs> that they were worthy to suffer shame for him. Wait, these are the guys that a few days before were hiding out. What caused them to be so courageous? I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit of God. What gives you courage to do everything that God wants you to do? His power, his presence. Understand something. 1 Samuel 16, 13, the Spirit came upon David. That's why David ran to meet the giant. It wasn't in this little old boy. It was in the Holy Spirit. And he knew that if God be for me, who can be against me? What, what does it mean? He gave them courage. He gave them unity. But lastly, ladies and gentlemen, he gave them power. He gave them power. You remember in Matthew chapter 17, verse 16, the disciples couldn't cure one man. But after Pentecost, get this, the disciples could walk down a street and their shadow would cure a man. People were healed just because of the shadow. What made the difference? What gave them power? Get this, folks. They didn't have an amplification system. They didn't have this. They didn't have lights. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have a printing press. They didn't have a computer. They didn't have a mission department. But the Bible says in Acts 17, verse 6, they turn the world upside down. All I'm trying to say is this, ladies and gentlemen, our power is the Holy Spirit. Our power is the Holy Spirit. In Exodus chapter 20, God gave the Ten Commandments. He said, don't you steal. Don't you kill. Don't you commit adultery. Don't you bear false witness, don't you lie. Here's a question I ask. How were they to do that? How were they to do that? They had no power. But I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. How do we do it today? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want you to understand. That addiction that's got a hold of you, you'll never overcome it on your own. You'll only overcome it through the power of the Holy Spirit. That watching that pornography, 
That addiction to pornography that you say you can't get over, you can't get over it. You can't get over it on your own. You'll continue looking at that stuff unless you submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. That alcohol that grips you, that just controls your life, you say, I want to get past it. You won't get past it on your own. The only way you'll get past it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That tongue that's always saying things and doing things, you won't get past that on your own. You'll only get past that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Those feelings inside, those feelings of hurt, those feelings of anger, those feelings of, of malice. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't get past those on our own. It's the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So it brings us to the end. In Acts 2-2, they were filled but the very same people were filled in Acts 2-4. Why, pastor, were they filled in Acts 2-2 and then filled again in Acts 2-4? One reason is because we leak. You leak and I leak. We're in the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we leak. You say, preacher, what you're preaching about I need in my life. What you're preaching about I need in my life. How can I experience it? Real quickly. Number one, you must desire it. You must desire it. The Bible says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I want you to know something. You've got to desire the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. You've got to desire him in your life. Step number two, you must be willing to give up the known sin in your life. You must be willing to give up the known sin in your life. Some of you right now, you're not interested in what I'm preaching because you're doing things and you're saying, I'm not willing to give it up. And let me tell you something, you won't be filled with God's power and you won't be filled with God's spirit unless you're willing to denounce the known sin in your life. I'm not saying you're perfect or you'll ever be perfect, but friend, let me tell you something. You'll never be filled with the Holy Spirit's power unless you're willing to denounce that known sin in your life. I am convinced D.L. Moody was correct. Before we can say, God, fill me, we gotta say, God, empty me because we're full of something. We're full of something. Many times we got to say, God, empty me of myself. And lastly, friend, you must receive it by faith. You must receive it by faith. Matthew 7 and 11 says this. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You've got to just receive him by faith and say, God, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Here's what I say in closing. I had this thought early this morning. Look here. My mother got saved. And my sister got saved. They gave their lives to Christ. 
and I would go to church and the preacher would preach like I did today. And my heart would just pound. And he'd give an invitation. And instead of walking this way, I'd walk that way. This is all I'm going to say, folks. I know we have emergencies. But I've never understood just as quickly services over people just It's a building on fire. Me rushing that way might hinder somebody from coming this way. My gosh, you can go to a ball game and stay all night. Why do you have to rush? You can stay all night. You come to church and just got to rush out. I don't want to offend you folks, but I want to be honest with you. If you can't take an hour on Sunday, how are you going to handle heaven for all eternity? And I'd walk out that way. One time my sister came to me and she said, Benny, if you ever want to go down to the altar, I'll go with you. I said, you just need to mind your own business. That's my business. You just need to leave me alone. But the Holy Spirit kept dealing with me. He kept dealing with me. He kept drawing me. And you know, sometimes folks, we say, Jesus, I love you. Sometimes we say, God, I love you. But we need to say, Holy Spirit, I love you. Because let me tell you something. You can't become a Christian outside of the Holy Spirit. You say, I'm not interested in what you're preaching about. You can't become a Christian outside of the Holy Spirit. Because no man can come to God unless the Spirit draws him. So I think sometimes we just need to bow our head, bow in an altar and say, Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Sometimes I pray to Jesus. Sometimes I pray to God. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, I pray to the Holy Spirit. You say, why do you do that? Because I know them all three. Because <laughs> I know them all three. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.